In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about how to stay focused. So sit back, stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, aka Bald, Bearded, and Biblical, <laughs> your weekly dose of B3. Uh, this is getting fun. I feel like this oh, I feel is, like we've got something yeah, going on. Yeah, you know, we get a few people saying, oh, thanks for our weekly dose of B3, <laughs> so it's kind of like gaining momentum. It's having, we're kind of having some fun with it. So uh, a couple of housekeeping uh, moments before we dive into today's discussion. Um, for one, I want to apologize for not getting an episode to you last week. Uh, we do our best to try to get an episode to you every single week. Last week just got insane, uh, and we ended up not having time for it. So I apologize for not bringing you uh, an episode last week. Um, and then second point of housekeeping before we dive into today's discussion is that we recently got a notification that Facebook podcasts are going away, I believe in June, if I'm not mistaken. So if you're listening to the audio-only version of this on Facebook, uh, we want to invite you to check us out on another platform that hosts podcasts. That could be Spotify, that could be Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Google, Pandora. Um, there's a whole host of other platforms that offer podcasts that we are listed on. So um, please, uh, we want to invite you, if you want to keep listening to this in an audio-only format, um, I would encourage you to begin now finding that platform that you like the most to listen to your podcast. So without further ado, let's jump into it. And if yeah. you're new here, uh, this is a show that in which we take a deeper dive into uh, Sunday morning's sermon. I am Travis Keys. With me is Pastor James. And we are continuing in our sermon series, Out of Exile, the study of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And this past Sunday, we talked about Nehemiah chapter 6. I almost said Ezra. Nehemiah yeah. chapter Nehemiah. 6. We are well beyond Ezra at this point. Um, and talking about how Nehemiah really stayed true to what God called him and commissioned him to do. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, why we're calling today's episode, or this week's episode, How to Stay Focused, mm-hmm. and and how there was a <clears throat> lot of opportunities for Nehemiah to get off track, or for the enemy to distract him, take him away, or stop altogether the work that God called Nehemiah to do. So we see these enemies of Israel trying, uh, you know, the three three tactics, excuse me, that we see the enemy uh, try to take in our own lives today, right? One is compromise. uh, The other is slander. And the third is through threats, outright yeah. outright threats, uh, and we see that uh, in our in our world today. Honestly, to see, we see the enemy try to do this. So let's let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Just kind of going diving first into compromise. You know, I thought what was interesting that you brought out of your in your message was that um, Sanballat and Tobiah were offering Nehemiah peace. Yeah, they came to him and say, "Let's compromise and let's have peace." And Nehemiah's response was, "No, I'm not going to come down off of the off of the wall. I'm doing a good work." In other words, he knew what God had told him to do, and it wasn't to make peace with the surrounding people. So, um, and and at the same time, what we see in our lives today is how often we make compromises in our own lives for the sake of peace. And so, I guess, kind of my question uh, is is why why do we often make compromises in our lives for the sake of peace like wouldn't you think peace is a peace is a good thing right like yeah. uh you know are we called to be peacemakers uh so so why why do we often compromise what god has mm-hmm. told us or commissioned us to do uh for the sake of peace yeah i think that you know one uh 
we we know because of the story, like Sam Ballot, Tobias, and Gesham, that their their intention was not actually peace. Right. And I think that sometimes peace is, is presented as like, hey, this is a really good solution, but it it really what they're asking us to do is they're really asking us to compromise on some things. And and for for Nehemiah again, um, you know, having the right priority, knowing what it was that God had called him to do. Um, he was really able to just respond to what they were what they were asking by saying this is this is outside the realm of what the Lord has called me to and and oftentimes when we when we talk about well you know let's 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 uh, let's compromise on this in in order to have peace compromise always requires me to give up something in order to gain something different yeah and and if the Lord is is calling us to do something then then there's not really any there's not really any room yeah. for for compromise on those things. It's we're either going to be true to what the Lord called us to, or we're not. And I think that you know compromise is. It, I think oftentimes what it does is is we compromise because it's it's easier to compromise than have the hard conversations. Sure. It's easier to compromise than to um, stick to my principles yeah. and. And and what we always end up with is we always end up with a watered down version of what we began with. Yeah. It's not it's not the same as where we started. And and when the Lord calls us to something, um, we know many times that whatever He calls us to, it's, it's going to have its challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think that we try to avoid challenges at times by um, you know by by compromise by by trying to say, well, you know, if I give a little bit here and I give a little sure. bit there. Um, until all of a sudden, when we look down, we find out that we have something completely different than what we started with. Yeah, well, and small compromises don't seem costly, mm-hmm. right? And so, oh, it's, yeah. it's no big deal, a little here, a little there. It's really yeah. not that big of a deal until we look back, and all of a sudden, a lot of little compromises end up costing us. Yeah, we, we end up in a completely different location. Exactly. You know? And we see this, you know, the Israelites, right? When God yeah. told them to take the promised land, yeah. uh, you know, God said, you know, either completely wipe out or completely drive out the people who are inhabiting this. And we see them kind of start to do that. You know, yeah. when Joshua uh, led the people in, you know, Jericho, yeah. then they slowly started making alliances with the people yeah. around them, right? And which is exactly what God told them not to do. Yeah. And we see what it costs them. You know, it yeah. might have seemed like, oh, this is politically advantageous. You know, yeah. we don't have to, you know, drive out or have all of these years and years of lengthy war campaigns in order to have peace. You know, we can have peace right here. And yet look at what it eventually costs them, which brings yeah. us to Nehemiah, right? Like yeah, yeah. I mean, Nehemiah. So six, uh, chapter six, verses seventeen through nineteen. Um, after they've completed the wall, this great work. Verse sixteen says that um, that the, the surrounding peoples they 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 lost heart because they saw that this was something that the Lord did. But then verse seventeen through nineteen goes directly into this conversation about Tobiah. Tobiah yeah. was one of these guys, uh, Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and mm-hmm. Geshem. Um, who was he was out to destroy what the Lord was trying to do in Jerusalem, but he maintained influence. And what mm. we're actually going to see through the rest of Nehemiah that Tobiah, Tobiah remains a thorn in Jerusalem's flesh. Mm. Wow. He continues to. Um, to 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 bring influence, and that's what it says. It says that that there were letters that were being written back and forth. Why? Because when when Israel came back to Jerusalem, the Lord told them, "Do not intermarry with the right. people around." Well, what we find out is that is that somebody 
in Israel had intermarried with Tobiah's family. Wow. And so now there were loyalties to this person. And so this little compromise, and, and marriages in those times with, with people that were outside of the community were often done in an effort to create peace between mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. It's because now you're connected. Yeah. And so now, now there's peace in this. Well, that was a compromise. It was a compromise for peace with Tobiah. And so now Tobiah is actually within the the community of Israel and so he's having an effect within this yeah. and so in an effort to create peace yeah. one of the priest's daughters marries mm. one of Tobiah's sons wow and so now all of a sudden he has influence and that's that's often how the enemy uses compromise he says hey let's 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 have a treaty let's let's compromise on this so that there will be peace and 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 we look at peace as being well peace is the ultimate you know the ultimate beneficial outcome well yeah. maybe it's not sure you know yeah. and and for for Israel during this time, the the outcome was to rebuild the walls, to reestablish her boundaries, to to be called back to what God had had called them to. And unfortunately, because of compromise prior to Nehemiah getting there, um, Tobiah is allowed to kind of remain within the sphere of influence wow. with these Israelites and cause problems. Yeah, and I think what's most deceptive is. You know, uh, like you said, when we compromise, it's always at the cost of something. Yeah. And and whether it's sin, right? Like, what is it? You and your dad are are often saying, you know, sin will cost you more and take mm-hmm. you farther take you than farther. you ever imagined or wanted to go. Yeah. Um. You know, and and in the New Testament, I can't chapter and verse it, unfortunately, but you know, it says, "Don't be unequally yoked." Yeah. You know that yeah. compromise will end up costing you. And what we see is, you know, when Satan tempted Jesus, yeah. he said, I will give you the kingdoms of the world. I will give you authority <clears throat> over the kingdoms if you will bow down and worship me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jesus, of course, you know, rebukes the devil and he flees. And that was the end of that. And, you know, was it within Satan's legal right to give Jesus authority? Yeah. But at the cost of Jesus submitting to, you know, Satan and that's what we have to realize is that compromise yeah. always comes at a cost. It's yes. not what God wants, and oftentimes it's less. It's 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 sin, and I mean that goes all the way back to the garden. Yeah. You know, Satan saying, "Ah, you can be like God yeah. if you yeah. disobey." You know, and there was that compromise there. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing it God's way, they, you know, Adam and Eve wanted to do it their way. They listened yeah. to the lies of the enemy. Yeah, and I think that's. That's good that we we recognize that even though it might seem like a good thing, like peace is a good thing, might seem like that. It's not. Yeah. It's not what God's calling us to to live by. It's not that standard. Yeah. So, the other tactic that you talked about was slander, mm-hmm. and and how um, again these three characters, Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, used slander as a tactic against Nehemiah. Can you talk a little bit more about how do we see slander being used uh, today, like it kind of in our world? Um, in our culture, how do we see slander being used uh, by the enemy? Yeah, so so slander controls the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, someone comes out and they're they're saying this about this, and 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 we we stop what we're doing to defend what they're saying. It, it can be completely mm-hmm. frivolous, sure, but it it consumes all of our effort. We give we give our attention, we give our time, we give our thoughts, we give our words to those things, which means that these other things over here have to be neglected. Yeah. And so again, like if we were to think about like how often times did 
do we find Jesus like defending himself? When he goes before Pilate, Pilate says, are these things that they're saying true? And Jesus doesn't even respond. Yeah. Like doesn't even defend what what it is that that Pilate is asking him and 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 I think that it gives um it, it gives a really good map for us like when when Nehemiah so what did he do he he defended he he denied it he just simply said that's not true which which I think that I think there's a a rightful uh, you know response in that of saying hey this is this is not true yeah. um but then after he did that he just took it before the Lord and then he just got back to work. Yeah. And and if we if if we do more than that, and that's what scripture says, it says that God will be our defender. Yeah. And and anytime someone slanders us, that that natural response, I know that my natural response is to want to defend myself. Sure. I want to I want to prove to all of the people around there yeah. um, that hey, what they're saying is not true. And I think that that's a very natural reaction. But then if I if I allow that to go too far, what I will find is I will find that all of my thoughts are consumed mm. by this. All yeah. of my efforts are consumed by trying to undo this all of my attention which means that which means that I can't focus on the right. things that the Lord has really called me to and it's a it's it's a tactic it's a distraction tactic yeah. and 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 we know we know that these things are going to happen which is why scripture says like don't you don't have to defend yourself right. that he's going to he's going to defend you and and I think that that's I think that's hard um, because again we we do care uh, about our reputation, we care about those things, um, and, and you know, personally, I, I've been I've been looking at character a lot lately, and and I even said it yesterday. I said if if we take care of our character, God mm. will take care of our reputation. Right, right. Um, and and being much more concerned about my character than I am about my reputation. If if my character is in check, the the slander that people bring against me is is going to be pretty easily defeated sure. um, through time, um, yeah. and and so to remain like to make sure, hey, I want to I want to make sure the scripture says that we should live above reproach, right? right. Um, like not not live at the at the level where people can't reproach us, but the Bible says live above that, like yeah. live in such a way that. Even when people say these things, yeah. they fall flat. Yeah, which is directly out of scripture, and I think it's yeah. hard. Uh, you know, when it it um, really is a challenge for our sense of justice. Mm. I think when you know there's a lie, an accusation, or some rumor or slander, gossip, whatever the case might be, is brought against maybe ourselves or somebody yeah. else. We want to defend that. Like, That's not yeah. right. And our sense of justice is like, no, we've got to make this right, but. You know, I think one of the interesting verses out of the, the New Testament is good soldiers don't involve themselves in the affairs of common citizens. Yeah. Um, and again, I wish I could chapter and verse that off the top of my head. I can't, but it's, it, it's I think, is a, a great um, New Testament scripture to point to that says, look, good soldiers follow the orders of their superiors. Yeah. Right? When we're locked into what the Lord has told us to do. Here are your marching orders for today. We're not going to come down off of the wall, you know, like yeah. we see in Nehemiah. We're not going to come down off of that assignment that God has given us, whether it's for a season, for a day, for a whatever. Uh, you know, maybe it's a ministry or calling or you know what have you. Um, we're going to stay locked into whatever it is that God's told us to do, those orders that he's given us, and we're going to be faithful to that. And yeah. We're not going to get off on whatever tangent the enemy's trying to 
get us off to. And I think that's especially hard with social media where there's all kinds of opinions flying around and some yeah. are true, some are, you know, flagrantly false or, or inflammatory or, or whatever, you know, it's just. Well, and, and we live in a, we live in a culture today that, that, that embraces that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wants to, uh, someone once said, um, you know, gossip, gossip is something that you have to share quickly before someone mm. else finds out it's not true. Wow. And, wow. and that's, I mean, that's what we see with social media. It's like everybody wants to be first. They hear something and they want to share it yeah. before it's proven to be false. And by the time it's proven to be false, there's a, there's a lot of damage. I mean, you, you hear about the things that people, that, that, that people say, and it's like, that, that's absolutely not, not yeah. true, but there's a whole. There's already a whole group of people that is kind of brought into it, and and it, it goes back. I, I was I was talking to one of my kids here recently, and, and there's a big decision that they have to make, and 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 I told them, I, I said, look, we're either going to learn to trust the Lord, or we're going to learn to trust in ourselves. And I think that the same goes with with slander. Is that if if I'm trusting in myself, mm-hmm. it means that I have to fix the lie. Yeah. I have to correct what is being said. I have to be the one that is going to. Uh, that is going to change people's minds about these things. But if I trust in the Lord, it, it frees me up from having to worry about those things, and I just get to focus on what the Lord has put in front of me. And I think that that's really the, the hard thing with slander. Again, um, compromise tries to get us to compromise tries to get us to surrender something willingly. Like sure. to, I'm gonna I'm gonna give up. I'm gonna make mm. a little bit of a of a sacrifice here in order to kind of meet you halfway. Slander, slander shifts my, slander absolutely shifts my focus. Sure, it gets me, it gets me thinking about something other than what's right here. One comes in a little bit more manipulative. It says, and we're still going to talk about this, but how about we, how about we change it? Yeah. Slander gets me looking over here and completely yeah. neglecting hmm. what it is that the Lord has called me to. Yeah, that's good. Uh, just kind of, I know we're starting to run out of time. I wish we could talk a little bit more. Yeah. There's so much. And even, I mean, you know, there's a, I know how personal the story of David is to you mm-hmm. and, and how much you love that. And even when David is fleeing, uh, you know, there's a a man who comes up and starts insulting David. Yeah, right? leaving, yeah. leaving Jerusalem. Feeling yeah. Absalom is coming. Exactly. And and one of David's men says, should I should I kill him? Should I stop this man? Go up and, his... and cut his head off. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a PG show, yeah, man. Come right. on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and, the, and what is David's response is, who knows, perhaps the Lord has yeah. put him there. And, and I think that just speaks to, is our trust in the Lord, yeah. or is it in ourselves? Do we trust the Lord to really be our defender? Yeah. Um, so, just in kind of wrapping up again, question number three, kind of in your third point, which is um, these threats. You know, mm-hmm. Sanballat, uh, Tobiah, and Geshem are making threats against him. Yeah. How, and here was Nehemiah so convinced that God had put him on the wall that he didn't stop, even though he's being threatened with this. And those threats yeah. may have been real and legitimate. Maybe yeah. it was a fear tactic. Who knows? But I, either way, it didn't stop Nehemiah from doing what he was called to do. And, uh, you know, we live in a different culture than a lot of Christians around the world. Mm. And and it reminds me of, you know, being in, being in India where physical persecution, threats of violence, um, killing, kidnapping, all kinds of things are very real. Yeah. And yet, I was amazed at how bold their faith was, mm-hmm. you know, how uh, they were obviously very strategic, very, very smart, but at the same time, they didn't, they didn't shy away from talking about, you know, the gospel or the Bible yeah. or things, even in the midst of, you know, non-believers or, you know, 
potentially dangerous situations. Yeah. And and it always struck me. And so I, I think if someone's saying, how can I be so convinced of God's voice in my life that I'm not persuaded by the enemy's threats? Yeah. Um, whether in this culture or some other culture, or maybe the culture shifts at some point in time, how can I be so convinced of God's voice in my life? What would you say to someone who's kind of asking themselves that question? Uh, yeah, I, I think that <clears throat> obviously we're, you know, personal safety is is an important thing and, and not, um, I've been in situations where the Lord has, has warned me, uh, I was in uh, I was in Ethiopia at one time, right on the border of Somalia, and and we were getting ready to go to a village, and we got a phone call that said that um, there were some there were some extremists that were waiting there to attack our car, mm, wow. and 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 we we took that as a um, I took that as a as a word from the Holy Spirit that he was he was protecting us, he was he was preventing that, and I, I had someone there that was with me that was like we should go anyways, mm. and I'm like. There's still got to be wisdom in these things. So this is not one of those things like we 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 run into situations, totally. you know, and just throw caution to yep. the wind. Um, but what threats do is is threats take the focus off of the Lord and they put the focus on me. Sure. And so all of a sudden now I'm in a situation where someone is making a threat, but I'm doing exactly what the Lord has called me to do. And that's what Nehemiah was doing. Nehemiah knew what the Lord had called him to do. He called him to finish the wall. And, and the threat of violence was to, again, uh, I said it yesterday, everything that the enemy did was to try to stop him. Yeah. Stop him from, uh, from completing this. Stop uh, the Israelites from completing uh, this task that was f- before him. And so if, if compromise invites us to surrender something willingly and slander gets us to f- shift our focus away from what we're doing, then, then threats get us to, um, to put all of the focus and the intention on ourself and not on trusting the Lord to, to be faithful to what, uh, to what he said. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I think that in, in that regard, like when we, when we look at threats, what, what's the, what do we do in the midst of that? Well, um, knowing that God has, has called me to do something, and really trusting, I think it goes back again to what I was I was talking to one of my kids about. I'm either going to learn to trust in myself, or I'm going to learn to trust in the Lord. Yeah. Um, and I have, and and I told him, I says, look, you will always let yourself down, always. Yeah. You will always let yourself down, but God is faithful, and He will never let you down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and I think just having <clears throat> time. You know, yeah. with the Lord, I think the yeah. longer we walk with Him, the more we experience His faithfulness, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's something that we can read in the in the Scriptures, right? And we know that that is true. We can always yeah. trust the Scriptures. Um, but there's also that experience, that school of experience, yeah. right? Of saying, "Man, I've," you know, it's like it's like uh, David saying, "You know, I was young, now I'm old. Yeah. I've never seen the righteous, the righteous forsaken, forsaken or their children begging bread in the streets." Yeah. And so I think there is both that he knew that God's word, God's law, was true, mm-hmm. but he had also been around long enough, been walking with the Lord long enough to know that God is who He says He yeah. is. And and um, and so yeah, I think it's it's hard when. You know whether or not we're threatened with physical violence because mm-hmm. of our faith or because of the rebuilding of our walls. Maybe it's a, a relational threat. You know, yeah. I'm going to sever this relational tie if you don't blank. Yeah. You know, whatever the case might be, I think we we do. We have to number one have that time with the Lord yeah. to really develop that relationship and being able to hear His voice. And number two, yeah, just like you said, 
are we going to trust the Lord that even if that threat is carried out, let's yeah. say, let's say if that person severs the cut, that the tie of that relationship, are we going to trust that the Lord is going to honor our obedience and really yeah. provide whatever it might be? Yeah. That he said he would provide. You know, are we really going to trust God to be faithful? Yeah, and it, just as a final thing, like you don't ever, don't ever divorce from from any of these encounters. Um, what Nehemiah's response to it was? Nehemiah's response was to pray. Right, right. Um, like he took it to the Lord, and just as a as a point of of constant encouragement, there is power in prayer, and mm-hmm. and the Lord. Uh, the Bible, the Bible says that He beckons us to come, right. like come and bring these things to Him. And I think that too often, um, one of the reasons that we um, continue to carry these things is because we're not in the habit of laying those things down. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so Nehemiah constantly sets that example that when he's in these situations, he just takes it before the Lord and he says, "Lord, remember Tobiah and Geshem, mm, or yeah. Tobiah and Samba." I can't remember. Uh, there in verse uh, 13 or 14, uh, yeah. you know, where he, he says that. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, we're just about out of time. I appreciate you taking some time out of your yeah. day to dive into it. And thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments. Um, if you've enjoyed this, uh, maybe give us a like, drop a comment. We always love hearing from you and hearing what the Lord is speaking to you. The other thing that we want to encourage you to do is if you got something out of this and you feel like there's someone that you know the Lord has put in your life who would, mm-hmm. you know, maybe benefit from hearing some of this content, would please consider sharing this yeah. uh, with someone who you think um, you know might need to hear this, or you know maybe the Lord might want to speak to that person. Uh, so go ahead and give that uh, that share button uh, a little click. And again, um, before we close out today's episode, if you're listening to this on Facebook, uh, begin now to start finding that other platform that hosts podcasts because Facebook podcasts are going to be going away here in the next month or two. So, as always. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week.